Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Friends, trust me when I say that I know what it's like to wander aimlessly around the gym, having no clue what to do next. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, and maybe you just don't have a plan to follow right now, unproductive workouts like that are just never as good as when you know what you're doing ahead of time, when you can just focus in and execute. But don't worry, I've got your back because this episode is brought to you by my free workout guide. I'll send you a full week of my favorite workouts so that you can walk into the gym feeling confident and prepared to kill it every single day. All you have to do is head over to mariewold.com slash free guide and I'll send it over right away. Again, that's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash free guide. I know you're going to absolutely love it. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, friends. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. In this week's episode, we are sitting down to chat with Monique of Ambitious Kitchen. And I've been following Monique's blog and Instagram for a few months now. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her because she is awesome. Monique is a food and lifestyle blogger who is all about creating a sustainable, healthy lifestyle that includes a generous dose of baked goods, a woman after my own heart. On her blog, Monique is always whipping up creative recipes that include nutritious salads, drool-worthy comfort food, and like I said, lots of baked goods. I've actually tried tons of her recipes myself, and they totally prove that healthy food can also be delicious. And aside from being creative in the kitchen, she is also passionate about building a life that she loves through entrepreneurship, as well as encouraging others to have a healthy relationship with food, which is definitely something I want to dive into today because that's so important. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Monique. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so pumped to hear more about your story and introduce you to everyone listening. Yeah, I'm super excited. (laughs) Yeah, cool. So like I said, I'm super excited to get to know your story on a deeper level. Can we just start out by hearing a bit more about who you are, what your life looks like now, and just your journey so far? We want to hear all the good stuff, so don't be shy. You can take as long as you want. I currently live in Chicago. I got married last November and I am the founder of two businesses and then the co-founder of one business. So there's Ambitious Kitchen, Ambitious Home, which is more about vintage home goods. We're just starting that. And then I co-founded Healthy Glow Co., which is a just lifestyle website encouraging women to live their best life. So yeah, I just live in Chicago and absolutely love the city. have always been a foodie at heart. I grew up with parents who, you know, my mom loved to cook and my dad loved to bake. So I was surrounded by food all the time and just learned to love it. And it was a part of who I am from a very, very young age. So that's a little bit about me. I 
absolutely love fitness. So I spend a lot of my free time at the gym. It's just one of my hobbies and it makes me feel incredible, you know, when I get that sweat in. So I love the feel good endorphins and yeah, that's about it. I mean, my life is like food and exercise and self-care. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. That sounds like the perfect life to me. It's good. I'm trying to incorporate more of the self-care part into my life, but it's hard. (laughs) That is hard, especially when you work for yourself. Somehow the self-care kind of just gets shoved to the wayside and you kind of forget about it. At least I do. Yeah. For sure. So what is your educational or professional background and how did that lead you into your career now? My background is actually I have a double major in marketing management and then a business communications journalism major. So I... Yeah, I started working in food at General Mills. So I used to work in social media, digital media there for a couple of bigger brands, Pillsbury, Betty Crocker. And so I was there, you know, when social media was just at the cusp of becoming something, you know, people didn't really know what to do with it. Brands didn't know how to work with influencers. And so I was doing that and I had my blog at the same time. And so I did that for a while and just to the point where like it wasn't, fulfilling me anymore. And my food blog was just something that I knew I wanted to take full time. So that was in 2014. Awesome. I feel like you and I have traveled somewhat of a similar path. I went to school for marketing as well and kind of was, I was offered a conventional like nine to five corporate career out of college. And I kind of chose the content creation route as well. So I'm curious to hear how you made that transition and like, what was the hardest part of going from the corporate lifestyle to working for yourself? You know, I thought about it for a really long time. And I think the hardest part was actually just taking that leap of faith. Even though like all the numbers said you could do this, it was it was just really hard to leave. And I actually, you know, to be honest, I didn't have a plan. I just... I was kind of hard on myself. I was like, you know what? No, I can keep doing this. But every single day I went to my job and I'm like, wow, I'm really, really becoming more unhappy by the day. And it feels like a chore to kind of go to work versus like, you know, finding something that I like out of the job. So one day I just walked in and I went to my manager's office and I said, I'm leaving. And then... (laughs) And and it was really, it was really freeing. I mean, saying those words and just kind of having that moment of clarity for myself that that said like, okay, you can do this. You can be an entrepreneur. You can work for yourself. And like, you just got to go for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But at least I tried. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you made that decision to like make the leap, blogging wasn't a career like it's considered now. So did you face a lot of doubt from other people or how is that received? It wasn't definitely where the place it is now. I mean, since 2014, it's just changed tremendously. And so I think it was like, there were some bloggers who were doing it full time and I was friends with them. And so I knew it was possible, but I just didn't really understand the intricacies of like, really how to work with brands and how to do it and make money and like invoicing and the accounting stuff and all that, those like difficult things that go with being a business owner. So it was just really a interesting path. My mom was a little bit concerned. I'm not going to lie, but same. (laughs) Once I kind of sat her down and I showed her some of the people that were doing it full time, it was, she was like really, really proud of me and people could see 
you know, that I was doing something that I loved. And I think when you see other people that are talented at something, you know that they can be successful. You just have to put your mind to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So from there, like what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned from making that leap? Obviously, like you said, you learn that there's so much more to business than just like creating content as far as accounting and bookkeeping and like invoicing and all of that stuff. So what's kind of been like, I guess, a surprising lesson that you've learned? A surprising lesson is that you definitely have to be organized, but also not afraid to take risks. I think especially with blogging, how it is now, you know, it's, it's competitive and I, don't want to just be put into a specific niche where it's just food blogging anymore. I think like that's been specifically different for me. So I'm trying to like, you know, I hired someone to do my videos and I'm just like expanding my team over the past two years and really trying out different things that were my passions. And so I think the biggest lesson that I've kind of learned is just not being afraid to take risks in your business and in your life. Love. Cool. I want to switch gears a little bit because I know that you talk a lot about food freedom and just having a healthy relationship with food. And being that your entire day for the most part kind of revolves around food, I'm sure that can get overwhelming. So how do you stay balanced and maintain a healthy relationship with food through all of that stuff? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think before, like maybe a couple of years ago, I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. It was very difficult for me to kind of understand like how much I should be eating, you know, how to nourish myself after like a workout or if I was doing an intense workout, knowing that I had to eat more, not just the same. So it's been like really a journey of self-discovery. And I almost think that everybody has to go through that a little bit to understand what your body actually really needs because everybody's different. Like there is no person the same. And so when people ask me on Instagram, like, show me a picture of your lunch or what you're eating today, or what does that look like? I'm like, okay, that's fine, but you shouldn't base, you know, what you eat off of what my food looks like or my portions or anything like that. And so now my relationship with food is just more so about one, the foods I'm craving. I think naturally, like my body craves foods that nourish me now. Yeah. You know, especially after workout, it's like, I want the protein, you know, I want like a shake that satisfies me and like with fruit and seasonal foods. And then I think it's just about not being restrictive. And so when I, if I want a cookie, I'm going to have a cookie, but I've gone to the point where like, I know not to overdo it because I've been there. Like I've experienced that and I know like how it makes me feel. And so it's such a journey. Like it's hard to stay balanced. Of course, everybody has issues with that. I think absolutely. you just got to do what's best for you. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. I've, I feel like I've been on both ends of the spectrum, like way too restrictive, way too carefree, I guess, and with like not giving enough regard to my health. And it is about like finding a happy medium for you. And it's never the same for any one person. That's kind of something I struggle with because with my social media, people are always asking me about my diet, about what my meals are like, how many calories I eat per day. And it's so individual. And like you said, everyone kind of has to travel that path for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure it's like, 
I'm not a registered dietitian, so I don't know like if anybody has specific issues on Instagram because I don't know their history. Like I don't know what their body's like. So it's so hard to give advice and still be like a mentor to people. Yeah, for sure. And it's overwhelming at times because people are looking to you as as a food expert, but you can really only share like what's worked for you and always kind of disclaim that it might not work for anyone else. Exactly. And I try to be real about, you know, the food that I am eating. I think right now on Instagram, it's it's interesting because you see a lot of people trying to like pretty up their food, which is, it's so fun to see, right? Like I love like when there's pancakes stacked on top of each other with like granola and peanut butter and like a bunch of other crazy things. But it's also like, are you really eating that? I'm, I don't know, you know, like it seems, it's like a little bit unrealistic. So I try to like, be realistic about what I'm actually putting into my body. Yeah, I've totally noticed that before. I've just seen all these healthy meals that are probably like 2,000 calories if you actually ate it as is. And while all the ingredients might be healthy, that might not help people achieve like healthy body composition necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So another thing I've noticed about your blog and Instagram that I love is that unlike a lot of bloggers and food manufacturers and just people that you see on Pinterest and stuff, you never use the term guilt-free to describe your recipes. And that was just something that I, I went through your whole website to look. And I was just wondering, is that like a conscious decision or how do you craft your messaging to encourage that sort of food freedom for your readers? Well, first of all, I think I did go through a phase a while ago where it was like, you remember when like the clean eating sort of oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thing was in, I think I went through, it was like, oh, this is, you know, guilt free because it's made with, I don't know, like chickpeas or almond flour instead of regular flour, which I think is just ridiculous because all food is good food. And that's what I try to maintain when I'm talking to people, it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter to me what flour is used or, you know, what sweetener is used. It's like, yes, there are healthier choices or there are probably better for you options, but it's not about saying like, you don't have to feel guilty because you had this versus this. Because I think when you start to create that mind frame around certain types of foods, it's like, well, then it's labeled as good as or bad. And then that's where you sort of start to tilt on the edge of like having a disordered relationship with food. Sometimes a cookie is just a cookie, right? It's like you go to a bakery and you want to have an experience and it's not, it's not bad. It's not good. It just, it is what it is. Yes. I love that. I love that so much because I'm a huge foodie at heart. Like if I'm traveling and like trying new restaurants and stuff like that, like I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm not going to eat a grilled chicken salad if I'm like in Italy where I could have handmade pasta or something instead, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, that's what life is about, right? It's like nourish your body, treat it good, but also have the experiences that you're meant to have. It's like food is pleasurable, but it's also nourishing. So Mm -hmm. You want to have both. Yeah, I feel like during that clean eating kind of like obsession phase that social media went through, that was probably like 2013 through 2015 or so. And I feel like that was so extreme and just did not do anyone any favors in terms of having a healthy relationship with food because basically if it wasn't deemed as clean, it was it was bad. And that's like you said, that's 
a disordered relationship with food. And I definitely swung too far that way. Would you say that you did as well? Or was it more so just kind of an observation for you? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely swung too far that way. And that was where I was really struggling with restriction. And then I was like going through binging periods where it was like, okay, I'm super clean eater during the day. And then at night I was like, oh my God, I haven't had enough calories. And so I would just eat whatever I could. And it was so overwhelming to me. But you know, I think it's easy if you're somebody that isn't, you know, really educated on like certain types of food or diets or what actually your body needs, it's so easy to fall into the trendy diets and really get latched on. And that's where I think it's just not realistic to maintain those types of things. So yeah, it's hard. And social media, I think sometimes it only makes it harder. I totally agree. So in addition to eating healthy and like exercising moderation and indulging when you want. I always see you killing your workouts on your Instagram stories. So I love that you do that. And what is your strategy for just balancing all of your recipe testing and experiences and then also wanting to take care of your health and your appearance? I know you said moderation, but can you go a little more in depth as far as like what your mindset is as far as your day-to-day routine, I guess? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I love to work out and I think it's just something that helps me. I mean, I have high anxiety as an entrepreneur. I think that's pretty normal, like to feel overwhelmed. And so exercise really, really helps me with that. And so I love the feeling that I get, like I work out in the morning and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to take on my day. But you know, it also helps me with how I'm eating. I think living a healthy lifestyle, it's not just, you know, just the food or just the exercise. It kind of has to be both two parts of a puzzle. And so I Mm -hmm. try to like balance them with one another. And I think exercise helps me really want to eat healthy and meal prep and make sure that I'm taking care of my body in all different facets. So yeah, it's just something I've done. I actually never really exercised until college. (laughs) but then I I just, I was never into competitive sports. And then I think I like found that found something that I really started to enjoy like group fitness classes and it worked for me. And so, yeah, I think if you're somebody that probably just doesn't like exercise, it's all about like trying different sorts of things. Cause I think everybody has to feel good after doing some sort of workout, right? The endorphins should make you feel good. Yeah. Otherwise you're not going to stick with it if you're not enjoying the process. And then of course, endorphins are just like the best thing ever. So I totally feel you on that. And did you start kind of getting into fitness just purely because of like enjoyment and wanting to be healthy or was there another motive on top of that? I had gone to the gym a couple of times during college and I was like, eh, I just kind of like rode the elliptical. I was yeah. so I was so bored and I didn't know what to do. So that was like a huge struggle for me. But then when I discovered group fitness classes and I love the competitive environment and someone telling me what to do, I was like, okay, this totally works for me. And then I started making friends in the gym. And so it definitely was like, I went to the gym because I felt like I needed to get healthy, but I also had to learn to do it because I loved it. Like I found something that I loved in the process. And so now in a way it's become a huge passion of mine. Like I have to have it in my life and it does, it helps me balance several different areas. Like my husband's so funny. I'm 
like Saturday mornings, I get up and I'm like, I have to get my workout in. Otherwise, I'm so crabby the rest of the day. Awesome. So aside from your group fitness classes, do you do any other sort of exercise? Do you like to run or do yoga or anything like that? I cycle in the summer. So I live by Lake Michigan here in Chicago. And so it's amazing. And there's a path that goes for 18 miles. So I can ride it for however long I want. And it's so like energizing out there. And I play my music and just absolutely love it. And then I do yoga on and off. I've had like a weird relationship with yoga just because I get injured my neck at one point and it took me a long time to get back into it because I did it in yoga. So right now I mostly do hit workouts. I should do yoga more, but I don't. Yeah. I am the same exact way. Like every time I do yoga, I am just so refreshed and energized. And I ask myself why I don't do it more often. And then I go at least a couple more weeks before I do it again. And I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. Yeah. I think it's probably because, I mean, I don't know if you're this way, because I just like the instant gratification, the instant feeling after I do a HIIT workout, like the cardio and the endorphins, it just feels really good. And yoga, it's definitely a good feeling. It's just a different type of feeling. It's more slowing down and thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just the way both of us are wired. Like we really like instant results. We really like getting things done and having measurable accomplishments. And yoga is a lot more about like being centered and being peaceful and like meditative. So I feel like that's just kind of how our brains work. And that probably means that yoga should be something that we work on more, but it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yes. Okay, awesome. So going back to the food thing, I just want to talk a little bit more about that because part of this podcast, I want to make sure that people are getting like actionable advice. Of course, I love hearing everyone's stories. But as far as creating food freedom, what would be one main piece of advice or one like mindset shift or something that you can recommend for the listeners if they're trying to find the food freedom that you found or like creating better body image, something actionable, what would you recommend? Yeah, I think number one is to stop paying attention so much to mealtimes. And this, okay, so this is like a two-way kind of thing, but it's like, yes, if you're the type of person who could go a whole day without eating, you probably should pay attention to mealtimes and know that about yourself. But in another way, I think a lot of times people are so obsessed with like, oh, I have to eat breakfast at eight and lunch at 12 and then dinner by five. But it's really, you should just be more in tune with your body and eat when you're actually hungry. So you don't necessarily have to wait until noon to eat lunch, or maybe you're somebody that's not hungry until 2 p.m. It's like, or just snack in between, like make sure that when you're hungry, you're feeding your body something. Because I think a lot of times that's where people get caught up, right? It's like, okay, I'm waiting until 5 p.m. after, you know, I had lunch at 12 p.m. And now i I'm so hungry. I just want to eat whatever like I see. And so now I've eaten an entire bag of chips and I'm in the cycle all over again. You know, that being said, it's like also meal prepping is extremely important if you're somebody that falls into that trap to have like healthy meals on hand. I love telling people like meal prep doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's like just pick two recipes, find them on Pinterest, you know, something healthy that you think is going to be fun, make it like a creative process, simple recipes, and then 
at least have those two in your fridge that you can reach for when you're like feeling overwhelmed. For sure. So basically set yourself up for success. Like don't wait for your blood sugar to crash and make horrible decisions <laughs> between meals and also set yourself up for success by having like healthy options for when you are in a pinch or you are super hungry and just want to grab something quick. That's something that I tell all of my clients and have experienced myself is like if you don't put yourself in a position to succeed, you probably won't. You need to make doing the right thing easy. Exactly. And when you start doing it, it will become a habit. You know, it's like do it for a little bit and now you're like excited about cooking meals and finding something new each week to meal prep. So yeah, that was kind of how I got started. Yeah. Cool. So with social media being like so important in your business, this is kind of switching gears again, but I just want to talk to you about like so many different things. So going to social media, since it is becoming or has always been, I guess, a really important part of your business, how do you integrate real life stuff into your content? Like I feel like I already knew you before we hopped on this call because you're always present in your Instagram stories, your captions and your blog posts are always infused with personality. Like do you feel the way you approach things has made you a better blogger, a more successful blogger, or how do you approach the real life stuff? Yeah. So this is something that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, like five years now. I think I started to integrate more personal things into both my blog and to my Instagram. And I think it was one of the best things that I ever did for my business was to show people the real side of me and be vulnerable because we don't realize how many other people are dealing with either similar things or just things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And so when I started talking about how I, you know, was struggling with my relationship with my body and my relationship with food, it's like other women were like, yeah, me too. Like, thank you so much for sharing this and just giving it a voice. And so I think doing that has really separated me from a lot of other people out there because I'm not just sharing recipes. I'm sharing like a part of my life with other people. And I like being friends with my readers. I want to show them the good and the bad. And obviously I don't want to show them everything, but I try to be just like honest and transparent. And that's just like the type of person that I am. And it's kind of how I framed my business up and it's really worked for me and I'm happy that it has. So yeah, it's definitely strengthened my relationship with them. Cool. Do you feel like that is something that like really just sets you apart from other social media influencers, bloggers, people in your field? I do. I really do. I think, especially for people that have been following me for a long time, they've seen you know, my life journey. They know how things used to be for me, where I am now. And it's really cool when you are bringing other people with you on a journey and they're experiencing life at the same pace and going through those sorts of things. And yeah, so it's fun. And I think I'm never trying to like sell, you know, my blog isn't about selling things. And so I'm not trying to sell them a certain product. And that would be fine if I was, but it's just about having like a real conversation. And so hopefully they come back and that's a reason they want to come back and they're curious what I'm up to. That's cool. Yeah. Isn't it just incredible? Like you feel alone in certain struggles, or at least I definitely have. And you just feel like no one understands what you're going through. And then you bring it to the internet and thousands of people can relate to you and are supporting you and have either gone through the same thing or they know someone or they are currently going through the same thing. And like, that's just an incredible support system that I'm personally so thankful for. And you've probably experienced 
the same thing. Yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, I think there's been a lot of times where I've put things out there and I was really, really scared to kind of share stories on my blog or on Instagram. And people just have this overwhelming positive like conversation with you after it and they're leaving comments and they're so encouraging. And it's just always amazing to see that feedback. Yeah. So as a like more food focused content creator, do you typically receive a lot of like negativity or anything? I feel like it's somewhat common in the fitness industry where I am, but what is it like in your niche, I guess? Yeah, definitely, but not so much on, you know, like my appearance or anything like that or like the workouts I do, which I think would be really, really hard. So like kudos to you because I'm people are so mean sometimes on the internet, but you definitely get a thick skin. Yeah, exactly. But I think most of my the feedback that I get is about recipes and a lot of people wanting to change recipes to make them like, you know, made with coconut flour, almond flour, or they, they try a recipe that didn't have those certain ingredients, but they made them with like the almond flour and it didn't work. And then they blame me. Yeah. So (laughs) it's not really, it's just more like negative. Like I tried this and it didn't work. So yeah, it, it, it's made me have a thicker skin, but (laughs) Probably not to the level that you have. (laughs) Yeah, but that's still like hard to deal with because you put your heart and your soul into your recipes. I know you love being super creative in the kitchen and you take a lot of pride in what you do. Like I see you testing recipes multiple, multiple times to make sure they're perfect and then to have someone turn around and like not like it or say it didn't work. That's just kind of like a little bit soul crushing. Yeah. And I think it's easy to say something to someone in in whatever it is when you're not face to face, right? Like it's easy to be like, looks bad or (laughs) hated this recipe or whatever it was like when you're when you're just typing something on the internet. Right. It's totally not something that someone would come up to you and say to your face. Like the internet has made people fearless. And I read something a while ago and it said just being able to stay anonymous can often bring out the worst in people. And that is somewhat true, I found. Everyone that always is like a troll usually has no profile picture, no posts, you know, nothing about yeah. them. But it just kind of puts it in perspective like, oh, they're they're coming from a negative place. Like they don't know me personally and they're not like seeing me as a real human with feelings probably. Right. Exactly. Cool. So how does your husband, Tony, right? Yeah. How does he kind of come into play with everything that you do? Yeah. So it's been an interesting journey for us. We got married in November and then we took our honeymoon. We were gone for three weeks in Australia and Hawaii. And during that time, we just kind of both started talking. And I was planning on launching my other business, Ambitious Home, I don't really know how I was planning on doing it. I just knew I was going to do it. And I had already kind of like talked to a developer and my designer and it was getting started. But we just got to this place where it was like, I can't really do this without you. And he has a background in logistics and sales. And so when we're talking about shipping, you know, massive vintage rugs, it just made sense for him to come on board. And so we're blessed in the fact that 
you know, we're able to do that and he's able to come and kind of join the family business or make it a family business. So he's working at home now and it's, it's been great, honestly. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about Ambitious Home. Like why did you decide that that was your next venture? It's a funny story. I have been obsessed with buying rugs for a about five years now. And before my husband and I were married, I would just always buy random rugs for our houses. Like, you know, I'd find them on Craigslist or I'd like get them. I don't even know where I was getting them. But then I went to Israel and I saw these incredible vintage rugs and they were exactly the type of rugs that I wanted to. And I just kind of started to find that when I was decorating my house, there wasn't really an option for me to buy. There was like a few sellers, but not that many. And they they were overly priced. And so I just started buying a massive amount of rugs. I brought a ton back from Israel. We found somebody that we're sourcing from, from the Middle East. And it's just something I've always wanted to do. I, I love decorating. I love the old vintage like goods that make my soul feel good. Like I have an old soul. So it just kind of makes sense. So yeah, we're we're launching it and we're going to start with vintage drugs, but I think the goal is to like either go into a brick and mortar in Chicago and support the community with like local makers who are doing ceramics or, you know, whatever stuff for the house or we'll just continue to sell online. We don't know yet, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that you guys are just kind of taking the leap. Like Tony does have a background in sales and the logistics and stuff, but neither of you have ever ran an antique rug business before. And I love that you're just kind of taking another leap of faith. Yeah. I mean, and that's like the amazing part, I think, of being an entrepreneur and building up your business and getting to the point where you are successful enough to like dive into your other passions. At least it was for me. It's just like, okay, now Ambitious Kitchen is doing really well and we have this huge opportunity. And, you know, I, I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 this year, which is kind of crazy for me to say. But I think I'm just getting to this place where like, I love making my house a home and I want to help other people do that. And I think the kitchen and the home are kind of combined. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, makes it makes total sense. And I cannot wait to shop your rugs because I love antique rugs and you should see my Pinterest boards. Like they are full of beautiful white kitchens with like a nice warm red runner in the middle and like living rooms with huge ornate antique rugs. Like that is my vibe for sure. Oh, I love it. I need to go stock your Pinterest board now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so one last question. Since this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, we've got to know what's one big goal that you're currently grinding for? And then what's one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Oh, one big goal that I'm currently grinding for is to get my two websites up and running. I've got them both going on simultaneously. So I'm trying to just do that grinding away day and night. And then I'm grateful for my team. I'm grateful for Abra. She helps me run Ambitious Kitchen. She's my brand manager and she's like my partner in crime. And I'm super grateful for my husband, the people that help me be able to do what I do. And of course, all my readers, all yeah, the people that follow me. They're awesome. Love it. Okay. Last but not least, where can everyone find you? You can find me at ambitiouskitchen.com and then my Instagram handle is at ambitiouskitchen. Awesome. And then 
what will Ambitious Home be at? Ambitious Home is just ambitioushome.com and our Instagram handle is at Ambitious Home. And you can sign up right now. Our website isn't live, but you can sign up to receive an email to get notified when it launches. Awesome. Okay. I actually do have one more question. If someone is new to Ambitious Kitchen, what are your top three recipes that they need to try? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. It's like picking your three favorite children probably. I know. Okay. So the paleo chocolate chunk cookies, one of my favorites. They surprise people who don't even like like paleo things. And then my Thai yellow curry chicken and rice. And then my mom's Puerto Rican rice and beans. Okay. There you go. Awesome. Perfect. I love all of your recipes. I've tried a bunch of them. My boyfriend is addicted to the flourless peanut butter oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Those are like a weekly occurrence in our house and they go so fast. Oh, well, I'm glad. (laughs) All right. So you guys definitely need to try Monique's recipes. Give her a follow and I promise you won't be disappointed. Monique, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to watch you continue to crush it. And I'm just thankful that we got to sit down and chat. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And I can't wait to keep following you on Instagram. It's been so much fun. All right. I will talk to you very soon. And thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we are able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave the show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you, so your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends.